0: I'm Johnny Blades, you're with the House. Question time is one of the more highly anticipated regular happenings at Parliament. For the opposition parties, it's a prime opportunity to grill the government in public. As you probably know, this is when things can get rowdy in the Chamber, so it may be a surprise to learn there's actually some firm guidelines on how these 12 daily questions should proceed. So on that, I had a chat with the shadow leader of the House, National MP Michael Woodhouse, on how the questions are allocated and who gets to ask them, at least from the main opposition party's point of view.
1: Yeah, each party is allocated a set number of questions according to the proportionality of their presence in Parliament. Uh, For us, that's meant that every day we have about four or five primary questions, and then there is a set number of supplementary questions that we can use at our discretion on either those questions or any of uh, another party's questions. So we would have about 22 or 23 questions each day, supplementary to the main question that we ask and that's allocated broadly in uh, the pecking order. So the leader would um, possibly have seven or eight supplementary questions to follow his question to the Prime Minister, which is a set piece every day. Nearly every day, the finance spokesperson will ask the Minister of Finance. And so that leaves relatively small number of questions, only two or three each day, for other spokespeople to
0: examine the issues that go on in their areas. Supplementaries though, is that a bit fluid because for instance you know Christopher Luxon may not use as many as he could so therefore do they just go to other members? Well, well the uh, the reality
1: is it's more likely to be the other way around and uh, so he is the leader, he is free to ask as many questions as he likes, he's guided by a, a number in his head and generally sticks to that but the more likely scenario is that he might go one or two over which in impacts the subsequent questions in question time. But if you've got the Prime Minister on his feet and under pressure on a certain issue, then you wouldn't want to constrain the Leader of the Opposition from continuing to examine that issue. So uh, it's fluid in that regard, and the whips behind the Leader uh, will be um, doing the numbers every question and making sure that the subsequent uh, questioners know how many supplementaries they've got to, uh, to go. So the whip has to keep a tally? Whip is very diligent in doing the maths every question time, and you'll see a little bit of activity behind uh, his chair where he, uh, or or the junior whip um, may need to go and have a chat with a future questioner and say that their allocation has gone either up or down. The other thing that happens sometimes is that uh, in his estimation, the Speaker may award uh, uh, extra questions. That was something that Speaker Mallard did a lot of, And Speaker Rurafi doesn't do it quite as much, but occasionally if he's not satisfied with the way in which the Minister is responding to a question, there may be extra supplementaries
0: allocated at his discretion. I mean, How far in advance of question times does the party strategise which questions are going to be asked?
1: Well, there's a weekly and a daily process. So uh, we call for uh, issues that could be prosecuted through question time and they are collated and examined by myself and other senior colleagues. And then every morning, uh, caucus, to the extent that they're available, uh, and their staff will meet and we'll discuss how the day is going to go, what other items of business there are, what bills we'll be debating, and the allocation and selection of, of questions for that day. Generally, it's, it's pretty tactical uh, rather than strategic. So uh, we look at the themes. Obviously, we've had a budget uh, read very recently. So um, one would imagine we'd look at budget questions, but we've also got a six-hour debate that we're only just really kicking off. And so there's a different opportunity to prosecute issues relating to the budget. And so we'll probably tend this week to stay away from those budget issues. Uh, There may be uh, a few questions from the leader, and then go into other areas where we think the government is under pressure.
0: And do you have situations where... You might have a spokesman on a topic, but it, the topic may not be so pressing. But they they want to get a question. in. is there a bit of vying? Oh, absolutely!
1: The ranks? You know, people always believe that their particular issue is one that is worthy of uh, of airing in question time. And it's simply you know you need some kind of. Uh, mathematical alchemy to try and fit them all in. It's just not possible. Uh, And so the other issue that sometimes comes up, and we're seeing this, for example, in the law and order and education space, where we're actually drawing out an issue over a period of time, uh, and therefore some priority might be given to a particular theme, uh, and that is the more strategic issues uh, rather than the daily tactics. For those who are regular watchers of question time, often they may forget what the question was or the issue was even, but it leaves them with an impression of confidence or otherwise in the ability of the minister to be over the top of his or her portfolio. And that's really the the role of the opposition, is, is to put the pressure onto the government to explain what they're doing and not doing. And question time is an important set piece for that. So while it would be great to have more questions, we have what we, we have. And from time to time, those themes do get played out over
0: sometimes weeks. Michael Woodhouse, the shadow leader of the house. Now, we haven't covered the rules on what types of questions and answers are allowed during question time. That's for another episode soon. You've been listening to The House, a programme produced with funding from Parliament's Office of the Clerk, wā.